That's right. <laughs> Record. And hopefully this goes off without a hitch. Off script. That's right. Totally off script. <laughs> Nothing planned here. Nothing planned. The complete yeah. opposite of what we normally do. We're usually so meticulous. Yeah, we Mat usually plan out every single word, every meticulous. single syllable, every, every laugh, That's every right. um. <laughs> Yeah, every crutch word is strategically placed in between the other words, all perfectly planned. That's we right. Never miss a beat. Every a episode mistake. length is it has a purpose. It like revolves right back to the meaning of the episode. It's all it's all like just perfect encapsulation of exactly what we're trying to do. It is right. It is beyond. Uh, what are you gonna say? Beyond what? almost epic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's. It's well, first off, it's low key, barely epic, but also okay. it's so meticulously planned and so scripted that it's not even a movie review podcast. It's actually a character. We're mm. both doing characters. Benjamin right. and Joey from Affable Chat are, are characters. We're not podcast hosts, we are actors. actors and we play these characters every time we to come on. review movies <laughs> and we're, from a meticulous script. None of these opinions are actually ours. <laughs> this is all characters that we play. And right. we and we play them very, very convincingly. And the yes. point is to get it across so that no one can even tell that we're doing characters. And to it's, help sell it, I act like that per, that character in my real life as well, just so that people are a little bit more uh, immersed when they listen to the podcast. Well, word, it's just of that mouth, extra, word of mouth is one of the best it's just that extra strategies. level that I'm willing to go to to <laughs> to sell this podcast. And of course, <laughs> if anyone ever says you have bad take or like you're wrong about that, I can say, well, I'm just following the script. It wasn't me. I'm right. playing a character. Yeah. That's like telling Brian Cranston you're an evil person for selling uh, meth. <laughs> uh, that's my character, man. Yeah. <laughs> you I didn't actually do that. I'm totally, I'm totally uh, free of any repercussions of <laughs> what my character does. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's a good way to get into this. Welcome to uh, uh, Apple Chat Off Script, uh, the episodes of Apple Chat that aren't explicitly about movies. My name is Benjamin. This is the uh, admirable co-host, Joey. Thanks for that introduction. And how are you doing? <laughs> You're, um, yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is that is that an esteemed enough title? Admirable. Absolutely. That's that's far and beyond what, anything I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> well, thinking, speaking of things that people deserve, uh, I'll tell you something we don't deserve, which is uh, another reality TV show that I saw advertised while I was watching football. And I wonder if you've heard of it. Have you heard of Tough as Nails? Tough as Nails. No. How do they spell yeah. tough? Uh, I think it's actually it's just spelled normally, like oh. tough. Why? What do you think? Is it T U F F? <laughs> well, some play on words or something. Listen, I've never been a fan of reality television. Actually, let me take that back. I I was a fan of reality television when I was a kid. Okay, when <laughs> watching television just meant plopping down in the living room watching whatever was on. It wasn't like I got a big say in it, and I certainly didn't have the choices that I have today, where I can be very meticulous about my ch my choices for. Uh, what to watch but anyways I saw a commercial for this while I was watching football and I decided to, to investigate a little bit because it honestly it looked dystopian as hell when I saw the commercial and I it's it I think it is as bad as I first assumed it was so basically uh 
tough as nails it's a rea- it's a reality competition show on cbs but let me let me read you the format okay. and then we can talk about it so 12 contestants 12 contestants are tested in competition at real world job sites with tasks that test their strength, endurance, life skills, and mental toughness. Contestants compete in six on six team challenges, individual competitions, and elimination battles referred to as overtime. Unlike, <laughs> yeah, unlike oh, other boy. reality competitions, <laughs> contestants who lose elimination challenges do not leave the game and, are, and still have an opportunity to win additional prizes during team competitions. Each team competition gives the winning team $12,000, $2,000 per member, and earns the team that challenge's badge of honor. The team that has collected the most badges of honor by the end of the season receives an additional cash bonus of $60,000, which is $10,000 per member. If both teams have the same number of badges, then they will hold a tiebreaker. Again, it's not super important. Uh, And then this is, in each episode, contestants compete in individual challenges in order to stay in the running for the grand prize. The lowest performers in each individual challenge are sent to overtime, like we talked about before, with the loser of the overtime challenge being eliminated from the individual competition, referred to as punching out. Punching out. At the end of the season, one contestant (laughs) is crowned the tough-as-nails champion and wins the grand prize of $200,000 and a Ford Super Duty truck. Nice. Of course. It's just like winning the Super Bowl. You get a truck. But Wait, you get a truck if you win the Super Bowl? Uh yeah. Well, I, you get whoever the car sponsor is gives you a car. I'm cool. Yeah. And and you get to go to Disney World too. Uh but that's that's a Super Bowl. That's football. We're talking about tough as nails. And okay, okay. So so I'm gonna do my my head yeah. around this. So this is like a working class simulator. Is that what this is? Like Hey, can you do these working class jobs and uh, and the, the people who do the best at that job will move on to the next thing or or not even move on, just have a chance to accumulate the most amount of capital and then the person <laughs> who wins the most amount of money wins the most amount of money at the end? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Although I do want to make sure that I uh, clarify who's competing because it would be one thing if it were people who don't have these jobs and they they were trying their best to be tough as nails and they're like oh like this is harder than it looks like i guess we should respect laborers a little bit more instead it's laborers in desperate situations who consistently tell the audience why they desperately need to win this competition (laughs) because (laughs) because they you know i have a family that i'm looking out for and that's kind of the angle at least the, the the clips from season one that I watched, that's the angle that they're coming at this from. You know how in like American Idol or yeah like yeah all their reality American Ninja competitions Warrior or something, they're always, right. they're always have some like some sob story, right? Like, exactly. Oh, they, like, and they you hammer know, and they oh my mom pump. died last year or like uh, or my you know, my I, kid has a disease and because I live in America I have, I that a, suddenly yeah. becomes a huge problem. <laughs> I have for cancer me and I overcame it and now I like have a new lease on life and now like yeah 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 classic classic. So, Right. So that's what this is. Is They're essentially doing their normal job, but now it's on TV and they're competing against other people in, in an attempt to you know win more money. What kind of jobs are they doing? 
Well, the one I watched, they were building a one-car garage, and it was a race against the other team to build the same exact garage. And whoever completed it first won that competition and got that badge of honor. Whoever completed it first? Did it have to, like, what, what was, like, the standards of it? Oh, like, my. The standards was ridiculous because they, they finished it, and it wasn't even, like, the whole thing. It was just the frame so that they didn't have to put a roof on it or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just the, the walls and then the, like, they had a word for it, but the things that go at the top, roof? you put the roof on top of them. It's not a roof. It's it's like the framing that supports the roof. But right. it, it doesn't matter. It was They built you know the, the frame for a one-car garage. But then, yeah, I had the same question. I was like, how are they going to decide? And the, the, the host walks up to it, like looks it up and down, and he goes, thumbs up. <laughs> And that was it. That was like the measure of whether or not they did a good enough did job. Did he even like lean on it or something to see if it stood up? Like maybe they cut. You know, reality TV shows are have yeah. interesting yeah. editing, but it didn't last very long. It was basically him just like looking up and down at it, and he goes like thumbs up. Because, you guys did it again because the way it's filmed, you they basically already won by finishing first because the other garage was didn't even it wasn't even close to being done so mm. it's like it was clear that they did the challenge but anyways yeah so that's the level of scrutiny at least that challenge had but it just seemed like such a nightmare to me that somebody would be like that you would work all day as a laborer and then come home and be like i'm gonna watch the reality tv show where the other laborers do the same job not even some fantastical thing like like american ninja warrior or american gladiator where you're doing you know crazy ridiculous stuff it's like i'm gonna watch this guy hammer things into a into boards for three hours and work up a huge sweat and get exhausted and have to go through like oh i, I want to give up you can't give up think about your son who's who's dying it's like I just don't like what it. What the I heck? Wish it, <laughs> it sounds like such a dystopian nightmare. Um, it doesn't even sound fun. It, it sounds just like, sounds like just like normal people doing like, or normal people doing something that they're not very good at. Well, it, and the thing is not everybody there has the same jobs. So like yeah. one of the ladies who was building the garage is a nurse. So like, yeah, was there like a person on one team that was a construction worker and another, another team who's like something else or, or well, like, how's, what does that work? What does that mean? So at the beginning, they had like a team draft where they select people for each team. And it's it's like schoolyard pick them where it's mm. like, I want that guy because he's tall. Yeah. But but also they knew their backstories to some extent. So it's like that guy has worked in multiple trades. Like he's been a carpenter. He's worked construction. Like he's done all these other things. So I want him on my team because he'll probably help us win the most. And then I like that guy because he looks very serious and we need to get serious. Like they had to give their reason for each pick, but these people all come from like different working backgrounds, but they're mm -hmm. all laborers, right? Like that's the thing they all have in common. And, and, and the show does have a like pro laborer slant, you know, all this stuff is to be like, see, like working hard is right. Like you should be proud of, you know, putting in the, your, your honest day's work, uh, but I just wish it wasn't a people have to do that because they have to do that. Why are we doing a TV show where people do it as a, well, maybe it'll get more interesting. Maybe they'll have to build like a plane or something and like they'll take off. You ever watch what? that show junkyard wars? Um, uh, no, TLC? I've heard of it. I haven't, I didn't watch it. It was a long, it was like on a long time ago. It was such a, that show was awesome. They had like 
two teams of engineers and like all these people that were experts in building things and then they gave them 10 hours to build some wacky contraption using just stuff they found in like a simulated junkyard it wasn't a real junkyard but it was a bunch of just like random stuff that they put all over the place and part of the game was going out there and, and finding different things that they think that they can use and coming back and figuring out how to make it work. And then they would have some like crazy competition. And a lot of times the stuff would just fail like as soon as they tried to do it because it was built in 10 hours by a bunch of <laughs> by a bunch of guys that don't really know how to do things. But I mean, they were all like the people that did it were like really smart. And they had like a whole, like usually have like, oh, it's like a family or like a team of people that are good friends or something. And it was always like very entertaining. And it was so cool watching people come up with creative solutions to stuff uh, from like kind of random crap. But but it was like part of the appeal of something like that is you're watching um, people that are really good at something come up with creative solutions to interesting problems. Whereas this right. just sounds like normal people doing normal things and they're not even doing it that well. <laughs> well, it, and I mean, I don't want to throw any shade at the because the, the team that won when I was watching was like they were team savage uh, and they they, <laughs> they built the frame of this garage seemingly fine i guess they did it quickly but i I, you know i don't know i'm not going to judge them on their craftsmanship but i don't know i just feel like this show yeah like i'm with you on on like not wanting it to be like so mundane like it it does i don't know if the challenges get more and more ramped up as they go through the season but because this was clearly early on that they don't have a a lot of clips on youtube but i don't know i I also especially hate the addition of like you didn't do so well, so guess what? You get overtime. Like, we're bringing in real-life things that suck about yeah. real jobs and bringing it to the game show. Uh-oh. Now you did a bad job? Guess you get to punch out for punch the last out. time. Get, and then you spend the rest of the season in the unemployment line. <laughs> and you have to stand in this area where, and you have to, you have to like, roll the dice and see if, like, you receive government aid oh my uh, god (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so terrible and then if you and then if you're you're you did bad enough on the show you end up in a worse game show where you have to compete in like a worse team competition with like way less with all the other people have lost the show from other seasons yes (laughs) yeah no the, the like the fact that they don't eliminate people seems like a like a problematic way to run a game show too because like the thing about a game show like this, you know, especially if you have a bunch of people all kind of working towards a similar goal or something over a long period of time, like, you know, it takes a lot, it takes a lot of effort to make something like this. There are people that are going to fizzle out and are not going to want to play along anymore. You know, they're just going to be like, okay, I'm done with this. I think I'm already too far behind or whatever. And you want to be able to cut those people out because then the people that are left are the only people that are most dedicated. And then they, they lights a f- like a fire under their feet because they're like, oh, got to get there. Otherwise, I'm going to miss out on the end, right? And so you just, it really does feel like a missed opportunity to just eliminate people and then like you, uh, yes. you kind of adapt to that, right? Oh, because otherwise yes. you're like, you're, you're, by, a seat, by episode 12, everyone, like 10 of the uh, 12 people are going to be like, well, I can't win anyway. So... Uh, you know, well, I'm going to put on forget, an act like they, I'm forgetting. They like have, uh, well, sure, but they do have the you know potential of taking home the ten thousand dollars at the end of the season if they if their team wins. 
and also they get two thousand for each competition they win. So there's still money on the table. Sure. But I do I do think it would be more interesting if they went to less and less people. And actually, what if the remaining people got promotions and they became management? And yeah. then they got to organize the people who got fired <laughs> and and force them to do stuff. And they're like now judged not just on project completion, but also on profitability. If you're gonna do capital capitalism simulator, go all the way. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't pull back. <laughs> I'm actually changing my mind on this. This is a good idea for a show, but you need to be way more brutal. Yes. Why are you pretending like this is supposed to be fun? This is supposed to be fun for the few, and then it should be brutal for the many. That's and, right. And, and, and really show them what's Crack going on. Crack down on it, for if sure. We could, we could reboot this in a few years and uh, make it our version. Nails as tough. But it will, it will respell tough to the way it should be yes. spelled. Yes, T-U-F-F. <laughs> simple language come on people don't we don't have we can't afford the extra letters that's what i'm trying to tell you if we put in extra letters we have to fire somebody that's just how it is we don't we can either hire more people or four (laughs) to three more letters that's basically the the trade-off maybe it's two more letters yeah yeah i uh yeah and also tough as nails spelled normally is used all over the place i actually you know I, i wasn't I was finding other clips of other things that had nothing to do with this reality mm. TV show. So maybe it's a way yeah, to make a it a little bit more It's a very common uh, phrase. I but, actually watched a, a reality show recently, too. Oh, uh, yeah? It's called um, The Pack. Have you heard of it? No. It's, it's the best show ever, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so have you, have you, do you ever watch The uh, Amazing Race? I've seen. I saw it back in the day. It's been years, but yeah, I, so I've seen it before. Imagine the Amazing Race, but with dogs instead of people. So instead of a team of two people competing to to like go around the world and do all these crazy challenges, it's a person and a dog, and they're the team, and they oh. have to do all this stuff. It's it's honestly the best show ever. I cried so much watching it. Uh, it's just the sweetest thing. And like the, the thing that makes it so cool is that these are normal people and normal dogs. Like one of the dogs is like a model. Like I think so she's like normal. Yeah. So like she was like in dog food commercials or something like that, but she wasn't like especially trained in any way. Like none of these dogs are like therapy dogs or anything like that there was they all kind of had like the special relationship with the dog and everything and and some of them were more talented than others but they were just you know normal people with normal dogs and they brought them on this show and they it was just so cool they went to all these different places all over the like basically in in europe and uh in north and central america and uh, did all these really really cool challenges like where they had the dog zip lining where they had like the dogs in like these harnesses and then they would put the people in the zip lines and they would like hold the dogs and then they would zip line down they had them trained on all do all this like sniffing stuff where they had to find certain things by the dog by rooting it around and like they had this one that was really cool where um they went there i think they were in germany and they had to collect uh hot dogs <laughs> And they would go to different hot dog vendors, and the hot dogs that they could collect were different tricks. So if you did trick A, it was uh, one hot dog. If you did trick B, then it was two hot dogs, and so on. And so if you got your dog to do a trick for the hot dog vendor, he would give you a certain number of hot dogs. And if you once you collected <laughs> enough, you would get back to the end, and then you would win. It was really cool. It was just and and they eliminated people every week. And oh my gosh, in uh, in, in episode three, oh man, one of the oh. coolest moments of any reality show I've ever seen. What uh, happened? Here, let me spoil it for you. 
Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay, so the whole throughout the whole thing, right? They're like everyone's with their dogs. Everyone's talking about like the bond. It's like the importance of the show is the bond between these guys, these people and their dogs, right? As and it should ha- be. Yeah. Uh, this one guy is he's like they're driving to another place and like part of it part of the competition is like being able to navigate in a foreign land which many of these Americans are not able to do <laughs> which is endlessly funny to us <laughs> but it's um, so what, did they ask the dog <laughs> they would just ask they would just like get in a taxi and say uh can I go here and the taxi driver would be like sorry man I have no idea what you're talking about I don't about. speak English <laughs> <laughs> and and this one guy is like he's dri- he's in the taxi and he he's like leaning out of the window to the point where he's like sitting on the window f- like windows of his taxi like out there like like waving around like you know basically Wait, is this the out human the or the dog the human and oh. then <laughs> they, 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 this whole point of showing like okay like you never know when an accident can happen right like uh, you have to make sure the dog is safe inside the car so they have these special carriers for the small dogs and they have special harnesses for the other dogs you have to make sure the dog safety team is right there for you to help load and unload your dog to make sure that everything is safe they were so careful about safety they always explained everything nicole from the dog safety team was the real hero of the show she was always like in every episode being and this is how we did make sure the dogs were safe um of course it wasn't enough because the season two was canceled because Peta said no dogs uh uh i guess no fun with dogs i think is their rule but anyway nicole from dog safety she's awesome so they were but anyway this one guy so this show is already canceled yeah yeah uh, oh, man. <laughs> one season. It's worth the watch. This guy's hanging out the window, right? And he's like waving and stuff and acting real reckless. And then he actually, he like, he, he starts getting worried about his dog. He's like, I don't, like, like, I can't hear him like panting or something. So he opens up the carrier and he pulls him out of the carrier. Like, and then he actually says, hey, uh, you probably shouldn't show this. <laughs> then they get to the end and it's an elimination challenge, meaning that the person wait, who comes wait. in last... Sorry, did I miss something? Why did what was wrong with the dog? Why shouldn't nothing, they show nothing. it? Nothing. He was just he what he was taking out of the out of the cage out of the carrier because he was worried that the dog was sick or something. But he knew that he wasn't supposed to. One of the rules is don't take the dog out of the carrier, unharness oh. the dog while it's, the car is in motion because obviously anything could happen, right? You could get in an sure. accident at any moment, and then that would be terrible. So. Um, you know, he doesn't have his seatbelt on because he's freaking leaning out the window and now he's taking his dog out of the carrier or whatever. <laughs> and he knows what he did was wrong. Anyway, they get to the elimination part of the of the competition where the person who comes in last, who finishes the competition last, gets sent home and then they move on to the next uh, city or, or country. And they get to the end and, and Lindsay Vaughn, who is the host of the show, says, I'm sorry, uh, guy, you know, guy, you finished in last, but... You haven't been eliminated. We are eliminating this guy because he disobeyed the rules and he put himself and his dog safety in jeopardy, and that was unacceptable. So you're you're out of here. Bad it dog. Was, it was freaking awesome. It was just like, <laughs> like everyone in the show is just like mouth is just like just like <laughs> like, like, like shocked. In the dogs uh, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It was just it was just amazing. It was just a, such an amazing like moment. Anyway. That wow. show is that show is freaking cool. The winner won five hundred thousand dollars, and every what? city that they went to, they donated like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of their budget to some local dog sanctuary or dog like charity in that country. It was amazing. It was just so cool, and it made me cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Of course, anyway. Peter would come and shut down something like that. Yeah. That uh. That sounds like what is that on? What channel? It's is on. That? It's on uh, Amazon. Amazon Prime. 
Oh, really? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Oh, man, that's so, that, definitely that check is it out. such a good answer to Tough as Nails. <laughs> it's the it exact was, opposite. It's a it fantastic was such a adventure with your dog. Absolutely. And the dogs are so cute and you get to know them and the people so well. And obviously they're like, you know, I'm watching with Jenny, who's like an experienced uh, a reality show connoisseur. Mm. And so she's like, ah, this person, like, I hate the way they're pushing the storyline. And she's like, ah, like this, <laughs> this one person only has one attribute, which is like, she, every time she's on camera in like a, uh, like a, a confessional, she, all she ever says is that she's competitive. It's like, <laughs> we get it. You're competitive. <laughs> that, that's your one attribute that you've got. Anyway, it was just, it was just so much fun. Uh, it was such a wholesome show. Like, there's no like villains or like like machinations or anything besides that one guy who disobeyed the rules and he gets clapped on so fast. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Um, so yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that and I absolutely recommend it. That's great. Yeah, see, I, that's why I don't like to, you know, give the thumbs down to the reality television genre. You shouldn't judge. You can't, it's too broad to judge it all as one thing. Because you can still do good in the genre. Uh, you know, generally it's not for me, but there's still things that I like. Especially when um, I feel like there's a lot of potential with reality television shows because they are so dependent on the editing. Yes. There's uh like my sister has been telling me she's also a seasoned vet when it comes to watching reality TV shows and she's a like Real Housewives kind of like I don't know all the ones she watches but I know she definitely watches Real Housewives and she's been telling me that they've been running out of footage that's pre-pandemic. No now way. They're, they're getting into like the pandemic times and they just can't do as much stuff. Part of watching these reality TV shows, especially Real Housewives, is living vicariously through these insanely wealthy people. And you get to see and do things with them that normally you can't do because you're just a normal person. But I, we were talking about the idea of potentially reusing the previous seasons and like the footage from them and just editing them and creating new narratives yes. and storylines because you definitely could do that it'd be so possible which no, would be hilarious because then you could that, kind uh, of rewrite history for oh, yeah. these characters or just write new history know. yeah no that's the thing there's something that uh friendly jordy is the guy on on youtube who does like who talks about australian politics occasionally he'll he'll to branch off into other demographics he'll review uh the bachelor and stuff and he he calls it franken biting where they will take different sound bites and splice them together to turn into a different sentence and i mean you see this on the bachelor all the time any basically anytime a per- you don't see a person's lips moving they have franken bited or freaking bit that mm-hmm. that soundbite into something that he that he or she did not say <laughs> it's amazing and they're just yeah. and like it's not even that good like i i feel like because i have edited audio before i have like i have a kind of an ear for it but like right. you once you start noticing it it's obvious it's so obvious it's the inflection is different this like the background sound is different it's like it, it clips between cuts like they don't even do a good job but it doesn't matter they're like we're we're selling this we're selling this to people and they're gonna buy it because yeah whatever man. no and another example of doing that is whenever you have someone who does like a reaction face but there's nothing else in frame it's just them being like you know, like that can easily be reappropriated. Yeah, exactly. So that because I I don't remember what it was. There's some BBC show that 
showed examples of this where they did an experiment where the host of the show had these three other people join him in this room and they just talked and, and drank wine together and it was very mundane but then they were editing it together to make like one version where uh like he was totally killing it every joke he told got a riotous laugh but that didn't actually and then they showed what actually happened which it, it was just kind of a normal response then they did another one where the one woman who was in the room with them was like totally flirting with him like she was all over him but again it was all just cherry picked That's and then they so did, cool. and they were able to create the opposite too where every time he said something to her like she was totally off put by it and, and <laughs> hated him so it's it that made me realize how much potential there is in creating your own reality and, oh yeah which is so ironic that reality tv is called reality tv because it's it's so fake <laughs> It is pure spectacle. I mean, it's exactly what it is. It's it's just, it is manufactured reality in every sense of that. I mean, that's the thing that makes The Bachelor such an interesting show is that the show is not about these people, like somebody trying to find love. The show is about all of the drama that happens around it. And there's all, there's an entire ecosystem of podcasts and other content creators that will talk endlessly about speculation from the community, different like posts on Instagram and what they mean and everything. And but and a lot of times they can tell almost what happens by the, at the end of the show before the show even starts because they, because people are impo like impossible. People that are on the show are so so predictable and so uh, vapid that they'll just tell they'll just spoil stuff without even realizing it. So it's just um, <laughs> it's just crazy. Right now they're going through this huge thing because one of the girls on the show like uh, attended a party or something where she it was like an antebellum party where she dressed in like this uh dress or something i don't know the, the full details of it but everyone is calling her a racist and she hasn't responded in six weeks like she hasn't said anything and now uh chris harrison the host of the bachelor went on extra and defended her uh but he did not come across very very well <laughs> he uh he definitely said a lot of uh it's a lot of uh, both sides i get i get attacked from both sides i get trolled from both sides you know both oh, sides no. are equally bad um so <laughs> he's uh yeah he's uh not doing so great but that like jenny is like oh, i can't believe politics has entered into the uh the bachelor the, the bachelor universe and i'm like jenny you misunderstand this is the show this is the show <laughs> this is what they're doing like the show is yeah. not what happens on abc every week the show is what happens everything around it and yeah. and it's it is to that regard like they are so good at it they're so good at riding the trends they're so good at making controversy out of absolutely nothing and and making people into like stars that definitely don't deserve it oh <laughs> it's yeah just really fun no I, it's it's one of the things that i've i've seen people in my life especially when i was in college people who are like get me onto the bachelor or the bachelorette you know like people who i don't yeah, know which yeah. one is the one for either way they're yeah. just trying to get onto the show because once you're on the game is not necessarily to win the game is to become famous and potentially become a be meme. the next one become a meme yeah yeah and that's how you win i've actually i recognize what you're talking about i don't know all the details but the ripples of the bachelor end up on my timeline as well uh it's the type of thing i always say that the bachelor to me is probably like what uh football is to a lot of people who aren't into sports where it's like i can tell when the season finale of the bachelor is 
can't yeah. tell you who's in it or who the bachelor is but i can tell you when it's happening i can usually tell when that's going on currently and the same thing with the super bowl where it's like a lot of people probably don't know who's playing they can tell it's happening yeah <laughs> you know? yeah um unless you're what's her name lauren shen um the right. uh, <laughs> i think it's actually a little closer to professional wrestling actually because it is so manufactured and because okay. it's so it's so controlled and you right, don't right. get to see a lot of how the strings are pulled but you do know that a lot of what you're seeing is not real um and i mean that's evidenced by the fact that like lots of couples that end up on the show or start on the show end up breaking up or whatever so it's just um you know it, it it has a lot of the elements I would think of something like that, uh, of like a, a sports competition, especially The Bachelor. There's a there's this podcast called Game of Roses that Jenny really likes, and you should check out their Instagram page. They make the best memes I've ever seen. Really? Um, they're, they're are they about so the good. show or are they yes. just memes? They're, they're about the show. They're so good though. Like you don't have to understand the show that much to understand. One of the things they love to do is put people's follower accounts on their foreheads, and they always call them uh everything's like really really saturated uh everything looks like super deep fried but it's really really well done it looks amazing um and they just do they just do such a good job with that they they love talking about how the bachelor and the bachelorette is a game not a reality show and they say they call the people on the show contestants right they say that like yeah the person who wins whatever and they have like lots of statistics and stuff they talk a lot about how uh this is a game not what it pretends to be which is like let's let this beautiful people find love somehow it's it's like yeah but we're gonna we're gonna disregard that um e even that that uh that level of of uh engagement and di interact directly with the kayfabe or interact directly with the manufacturedness of the show which i think a lot of people who watch the show also do i think that's part of the enjoyment is is sussing out what you think is real what you think is not is it a, a game of roses? I'm trying to find it right now. I think it's. I think it might be a game of roses. Maybe it's just game of roses. Because uh, I, I, I mean, I think I can tell what podcast. era it's from based on uh, the fact that it's called a game of roses or game of roses. Because everything roses. was trying to bite off of Game of Thrones for the longest time, <laughs> like all the mini games or, or you know mobile games that wanted to have you download and play for free were all yes. like game of champions or game of legion you know like it was all game of something and um yeah it's game of roses of pod on instagram oh um, okay okay i was just on it um, yeah game of so roses pod they just do i i just love the stuff that they they put out they do such a good job of, of yeah and of I, that's the one things. i thought it was because people i know follow it so yeah. The way you're describing it, it does sound pretty. Uh... Anyway, it's just um, they do such a good job, and and it's uh, it's awesome. It's it's such a, yeah. A anyway, the whole e ecosystem of like the Game of Roses of the uh, Bachelor podcast scene or the 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 um, Bachelor in general is uh, endlessly fascinating, and it's just um, such a cultural phenomenon. I've heard people say that like the Bachelor can predict the future because like it's such a microcosm of like what people of like the zeitgeist <laughs> like they, they they think that like they're like <laughs> well i heard somebody on a podcast say uh that they could tell that hillary clinton was going to lose the 2016 election because of the uh the bachelor at the bachelorette that year like it was very clear from watching that show that everyone really hated women still so there yeah. was no way that a woman could become president uh, oh wow so it's just uh, yeah and you know 
I think I think uh, if you extrapolate, you know, and you really like work backwards, you really bake it in like you're a QAnon person. I think you could make those kind of conclusions, but um, it's just still you fun could, to kind of well, to, I mean, to in, make the, that in the same exact vein as reality TV show, you could retroactively prove anything using oh, yeah. footage from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I um, have you ever watched Love Island? No, I know about that one though. I only, yeah, I'm the same way. I only know about it because of Cody Ko and Noel Miller. Yes, from their extremely steamy uh, playthrough <laughs> of the mobile game. <laughs> yeah, well, and they talk about it on their podcast too, which is like one of their actually like one of the things people love to hear them talk about. Where it's like now, th- and I don't know this for sure. Like I, I don't know how people on the show react to this, but I feel like in the same idea that you're talking about, they've entered the world that that reality tv show like uh mm. exists within because yes. now they're speculating they're participating they're people that people go to to find out information and get reactions from on the show i think that that's cool i can appreciate that for reality tv show kind of just the, it is kind of a unique medium um and and the people that participate in that um, I think it's interesting. It's tough to talk about when you're not in on it too. Uh, I've tried. I've definitely had coworkers who religiously watch The Bachelor and have like Bachelor Night. Uh, mm. I even there was a um, I had some friends back in Oklahoma who would watch Bachelor in like the common room at their apartment building, and there was four TVs, and they would put it on all four TVs. <laughs> like it wasn't like four TVs became one larger screen; they would just have the same thing on four televisions, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was an event to watch it every yeah. week. And it was one of those things where like, if I had infinite time, I definitely would have given it some investment, but it's, uh, but it's the same thing where it's hard to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about the bachelor, about the bachelor, if you're an expert and it's hard oh, yeah. to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about football. If you're an expert on football, you know, like it's just, it's a different language. It's just not learned. Yeah. I think I, I like what you said before though. Like it's, it's a, I think it's like a healthy relationship. It seems like it's a, like even though the show itself is like kind of puts forth a lot of toxic ideas, being able to interact with that and kind of call that out, and being both like a fan of it, but also like deeply critical of it, feels a lot more like genuine than like someone who makes a TV sh- like a podcast about a TV show every week or something like that. Because it seems like you're not seems like you're engaging with something a lot more like manufactured, and you're not like you can speculate about all these different things that's going to happen or anything, but ultimately there's only one thing that's going to happen. Whereas with like the bachelor it's like it's so much more like of the real world even though it's still so like puppety right that like like real world events affect it in the most bizarre ways and it makes it like it makes it just a fascinating microcosm of like how how like rich people think the world works i guess (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah it's pretty cool all right, I got something cool to talk to you about, but I don't know. I, I, let's just let's just dive into this. All right, let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. I really want to talk to you about Minecraft again because I just I love Minecraft. Talked about Minecraft a lot. We've already talked about it a, a numerous yeah. times on the well, podcast. Yeah, We've actually, had a Minecraft episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Just to shout out that episode really quick. One of our big uh, followers. Parker, who's actually been on the podcast before, he texted me some screenshots from back in the Ratman days. Ah. Uh, I was getting really nostalgic. He told me he he was currently listening to that episode. He was going back uh, and listening to our episode on Minecraft. So I'm I'm all ears uh, to talk about some more Minecraft with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so like one of the things that I there's a couple of different things I want to get into. One of the things that I, I've kind of discovered more recently as like this quarantine has continued is all the different ways that people play the game. You know, there's a, I kind of play it through like a survival lens where I'm just like, how long can I survive? And like, what kind of, what's some of the cool things I can build? I, I'm way more casual with it though because I don't I can't dedicate as much time as a lot, you know these professional people can, but. One of the things I've discovered is this group of people that are technical players. There are people that like have a such a deep understanding of the game that they can exploit all sorts of different ways that the game could work. And what they'll do is they'll build these elaborate machines that do basically anything they can they want, all within the confines of the game. What I find so fascinating about this is a lot of these guys are coming up with solutions to new problems or coming up with new solutions to old problems and building things that no one has ever built before right the game has been out for 11 years and obviously there's been updates regularly throughout that time and in all of the updates that like mojang that uh minecraft that minecraft uh microsoft has been overseeing ever since they bought mojang have all been like widely received as positive but what that but at the same time, like largely the game has not changed that much. And some of the elements that they are exploiting and element and things that they are working with have also not changed that much. And so they're just uh, like uh, evolving with the game and coming up with all sorts of new technology and new techniques to do all sorts of insane things that you would never think was possible. One of the things that I've seen them make is uh, like world eaters, which are these, which are these giant automatic mining machines that will automatically destroy blocks in front of it and then like scoop them up and, and store them and will just tear through like any landscape. They'll, they'll, they'll build it from like the bottom of the world to the, to the top and it will just eat through basically anything. Obviously there's still like limits to, to this in, in some ways. Like there's like, if they come across liquids and stuff, sometimes that causes problems. But what's so interesting about this is that first of all, they're not doing anything crazy. Like they're not modifying the game. They're not like going in there and creating new things. It's all within the confines of the vanilla Minecraft game. Um, and the game doesn't stop them from doing something this crazy. It's just, it's, it's so scalable and so easy to, all the elements are so easy to understand that when you put them all together in like a certain way, it creates this insane thing that literally no one has made before, right? No, like it's it's a brand new machine, even though like the world that they've lived in has not really changed that much uh, over the last uh, you know eleven years. So it's it's crazy seeing this um, this stuff develop and the, the way that this is developed. So um, go ahead. Well, it it the amount of time that people have spent in the Minecraft world, especially just if you consider just even if you just consider vanilla Minecraft, inventing something that no one else has invented before almost rivals the inventiveness of inventing someone in, uh, something in real life that no <laughs> one has invented before. You know, because people have been there, done that, millions of hours played, and to come up with something that no one else to something something completely novel. Um, I think that that's pretty impressive. These things that you're talking about, I, I haven't seen the the world eater one, but I have seen in, like really complex contraptions on TikTok. Uh, one of them that I saw was somebody built a 
bridge builder like an automatic bridge yes. builder where you kind of just like you set it up and you set it off and then it just goes off into the distance can like just constantly building and building and it it even makes a bridge that looks like somebody took the time to make it look it's not just like a flat bridge that's functional only it also was aesthetically pleasing with a nice pattern and uh I was like, I have no, I have never even come close to doing anything. Like yeah, that but it's it's amazing. It's such a cool. It's like, and the thing about it is like that the possibility of making like automatically renewable renewable blocks has been around for a long time. The possibility of building flying machines has been around for a little while. Combining that together is like is such an interesting idea. And there's so many different ways you could do it too. And <clears throat> that's what's just so cool about the game is that it's the emergent gameplay aspect of it, where you can take different pieces of new things, put them together, and it completely changes how the game is played, how you interact with different elements of it, and the way that you can think about it. There's this one guy that I've been watching. Uh, his name is Il Mango. I believe he's German. And he is a member of the SciCraft server, which is probably the best known or most popular technical server, meaning that all the people on there build are very obsessed with efficiency. They all love building these giant machines and coming up with unique solutions that basically will give you more items than you could possibly imagine um, for projects that they that you also can't possibly imagine <laughs> and stretch the very limits uh what's possible in the game constantly um so he recently started this new server with a couple of people which is a peaceful server so what's interesting about this is that um peaceful is a difficulty that most people never play on and if you're not familiar with how the game works basically most of the time there are monsters constantly around you in minecraft anytime it's dark there's monsters there you can go uh... to <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> uh you go to the uh the the hell dimension the nether you'll see there's monsters everywhere and everything but in peaceful mode all of that goes away which means that a lot of your renewable resources also disappear with them because some of the most useful uh, things that you can get in the game are come from these killing these monsters in systematic ways um so what this does is it creates a whole a very unique challenge and what he actually kind of exposed is that mojang is kind of uh like and not pay a lot of attention is kind of underdeveloped the peaceful version of the game in fact unless he found it he had to like seek out a special world in order to actually get to the end dimension and defeat the dragon there is still a dragon but there's only one you can't actually respawn it like you can in other in other versions of the game um but he had to find a special version like a special world that had uh, the elements needed to go to there Otherwise, like 99.999% of the worlds you spawn, you will not be able to get to the end dimension without uh, um, without some sort of exploit, basically. So he, so he had to get like a particular seed? Uh, yes, to exactly. start in a world that has he had to get the a, stuff necessary? He had to get a seed that had all of the ender eyes already in a lit end per, like uh, portal. Ah, uh, okay. And which like you can people understand seeds well enough that they can manipulate that sort of thing if you want to understand how if you want to see a really cool video about seed manipulation go watch this video on youtube it's called the search for minecraft's tallest cactus or something like that or the, <laughs> the search for the top it sounds so dumb it was really really interesting it's all about seed manipulation and, and like world generation manipulation um, which was fascinating anyway the uh so 
what he he kind of exposes like they haven't developed this part of the game at all and but he also is like there's all these things that i rely on so much to build my contraptions stuff like slime blocks which come from slimes which don't generate at all in uh peaceful servers uh stuff like uh gunpowder which is really useful for um what, let's say uh like rockets or tnt which is really useful for world eating machines and stuff can't get any of that because uh, gunpowder is no longer renewable uh, without uh, creepers, which are a monster that only develop, only spawns in uh, non-peaceful worlds. Or even like potions. Potions rely entirely on uh, blazes, which are only are a monster that's only available in, in the nether. So if you can't get blazes, you can't build potions, and you, you cut out an entire piece of the end game of the, of the game, wow. um, which is just crazy. So... He found so he and like a few friends found all these different ways of do of kind of solving these problems, solving problems that no one has ever solved before using contraptions that no no one has ever built before in this very very interesting way. And all the while, like be, kind of being critical of the game and Mojang and saying, "Hey, like you kind of neglected this area," or "Hey, like I wish I could do this, but you don't let me do it, so I have to do it this way." <laughs> um, one of the most interesting things he found was that uh, pandas will actually drop slime. If they have, uh, there's only have to be a certain type of panda. They have to be pandas that have snot dripping off of their nose, and then they'll <laughs> drip, which I didn't even know existed. He built this elaborate panda farm that, like, basically, like, kills pandas very systematically. It's, it, it was some of the jokes in the comments is always like, "Peaceful server finds ways of systematically destroying like entire generations of animals." <laughs> so, like, it's just yeah, it's it's funny, but it's it's also like. It's so interesting watching him come up with these like new ideas for problems no one has ever seen before in this game that's been out for more than a decade. Um, I yeah, just find I mean, it playing so playing on cool. Peaceful sounds like it opens a whole new box of problems yeah. that other people have probably not even tried to solve. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting one. What about spider webs? Like if you go into a uh, if you go into a mine, are there still yeah. pre-existing spider webs? I think so. I think the cobwebs uh, appear no normally. I, I think oh, okay. the only difference is that there are no monsters, basically, except for the um, the Ender Dragon, who spawns only once again. So you can you can kind of exploit that. And one of the things that he did was he actually built a ice bridge, like automatic ice bridge builder, so that he could get to the outer end islands. Um, they actually did this whole thing where they streamed for like 24 hours because they had people in every time zone, basically. Um, and they people who weren't streaming just sat in little boats and, and had the bridge push them. And they went like across an entire empty void, basically, that was like... <laughs> It's like the biggest void you can find in Minecraft. I don't know. It, it, it's it was really really cool watching them figure this stuff out. It's kind of similar to like a Skyblock series. You ever see one of those? Yeah. Where like they basically it's a it's like a they start with very limited resources. Everything else is void. It's just like a tree, some water, and then like you know some land, uh, and it's floating in the middle of the right. sky. Like if you fall off of it, you just die. You just fall forever. Yeah, yeah. So what's um. What's interesting about the skybox stuff is it sounds very limiting, but once you get to a certain point, it actually allows you to do to manipulate the game in really, really specific ways. Because one of the things about Minecraft is that it a lot of things like random events depend on how much available space there is. And so if you completely control how much available space there is, you can make stuff that's 
super efficient, way more efficient and way more satisfying from like a farm perspective than in a normal world. Whereas the peaceful server is kind of the opposite end of that, where you have all this extra space, but a lot of the things that you rely on are no longer available to you. So uh, it was it was very creative. I, I've, I've been enjoying it. And he makes the most satisfying time lapses too, uh, where he puts it to like really nice music and you just watch him and a bunch of people build up these elaborate contraptions. And it's just like, it's just like, like a massage for my brain. It's so nice. It's so cool. I think I've <laughs> seen that before. Is it a camera that watches them? So it's not a first person view, but you can see the structure itself being built from the yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a cool. there's a mod called like the replay mod or something which i think records everything that you're doing um and then you can actually manipulate the camera post in, in post uh, like theater mode in halo yes. 3 and you can so you yes and so you can you can revolve around the structure you can go inside and outside you can follow certain people or or whatever oh my gosh it's just like whew. I mean, it's just get, like dopamine rush every time. It's just like this cascading wave of calmness every time I'm watching this stuff. It's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is something that Minecraft is very capable of uh, providing is, I mean, even without the time lapse with the nice camera angles, just vibing in the Minecraft world with the Minecraft music is, it's, it's nice. Absolutely. But hey, that's not always the case. And in oh. fact... We'll go in the other direction now. So I've also been like diving deeper into speed running and like the speed running uh, community. I don't know how much you know about this, but it's very popular like concept on YouTube uh, to talk about speed running and to watch speed runs and stuff. Um, it's yeah. It, it's, well, it, I, I, I know like speed running memes where right. people take like ideas from speed running and apply them to other things. Like for instance, there's this guy <laughs> on TikTok right now who is his whole thing is speed running, getting called the N word on mm. call of duty. So like he ent like he starts the timer as soon as he joins the lobby and then he tries to get somebody to say that like to call him the n-word um and it you know it started out it, it, it's obviously a meme but it started out like kind of convincing where he would be like what's up guys like you, are you voting like i voted for obama or something like that and like he'd have a conversation and get somebody there but now it's got to the point where he just gets in and he's just like i'm black and then immediately <laughs> somebody says it and it's like it's definitely <laughs> hyperbole but if you spend enough time in online lobbies, you know yeah. that it's not that far from the truth. That that's true. But and obviously, like, like the joke that he's doing is he's yeah. just, he's doing the same format as speedrunners do. Yeah, it's a it's, it's an interesting thing. I I was thinking about this yesterday, and speedrunning to me, like the way I interact with it, is a, is very similar to how I interact with sports. Where like watching someone speedrun a game, meaning and if people aren't familiar with the idea, basically it means you complete a game as quickly as possible using any tools necessary, or uh, with only using like the controller and stuff, like not modifying the game, but actually playing it and then getting to the end or some predetermined finish line uh, in the fastest way. And every single game that you can imagine has been speed run or sped run. I don't know what the correct term is. Speed ran. Speed you, ran right? at some at some point. Speeds well, ran. And, and I think something that's important to bring up that really kind of like defines speed running, or at least from my perspective, is discovering exploits. So you're not you're not cheating. You're not necessarily uh, modifying the game yourself, but you can it, all things that exist within the game are fair game. 
Like if you mm. ever watch somebody speed run Super Mario 64, it's all like like sprinting into a corner and jumping and flying through things and you know, it, it looks almost, you know, like nonsense at first glance. Yes. But it's all people, you know, discovering exploits and then using them. But the the thing about it is that literally anyone could do it with their own game. That's like that's what it is. If if that person who did that came over to your uh, over to your house and played it on your console, they could do the same thing. Um, for the for the most part, um, which is I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I, let me finish my analogy though. Speedrunning is like sports in that like I can't think of anything more boring than watching someone speedrun a game. Like it sounds like playing <laughs> the same game over and over again and keep and failing. Like it sounds so boring. I mean, maybe doing it myself, maybe that would be more boring, or maybe that would be less boring. But I really really love like history and like storytelling re- that revolves around speedrunning, and i feel the same way about sports like any like sports is such a great vehicle for telling stories and for and for story generation you might say like different like uh aspects of people coming together and overcoming some uh hurdle that they put in front of themselves and I, it's just really cool and speedrunning is exactly like that and you you can find all sorts of really cool videos online that uh, talk about the history of speedrunning Summoning Salt is one of the best YouTube channels on YouTube. They talk about history, like world record progression of different games. They talk about the different people that are involved, different personalities, different drama, and how it all came together. The way he he makes his videos is so satisfying. It's it's such a wonderful thing to watch. And uh, it's always very calming. It's such a treat every time he makes a new one. So all that stuff, and there's lots of other people that do similar things. All that stuff is so... It's so cool to watch and it's so cool watching people overcome these interesting challenges and come up with new exploits and come up with new technology and sometimes just be better. Like they are just, it, it sometimes it's like, like anytime a, a game is uh, t- like speed run, uh, it's record is broken. It's either they came up with a new trick or somebody just did it better. And it's, it's amazing watching either of those things happen. But yeah, what's interesting is, is Minecraft speedrunning. This is where I'm going to bring this back. So Minecraft speedrunning is it has a has a couple of interesting quirks. It makes it different than most other games. First of all, it's like the most popular game in the world, so a lot it's very very popular for people to try to speedrun, um, and especially you know people being stuck inside and stuff. It's just kind of taken off as as something that people do. There's two types of Minecraft speedruns. There's set seed, um, and then there's random seed. And we've already kind of talked a little bit about seeds, but basically, anytime you create a Minecraft world, a it creates it brand new. It's like a, it's a brand new randomly generated world, but that world comes with this code called a seed. Uh, that's like 20 digits or something. And if I give that code to, to you, you could play in that same exact world that I randomly generated for the first time. So and you, from that perspective, you can play a world that you know where all the, all the different things are and, and just go from a to B as quickly as possible. And, um, so a sets the set seed, uh, is is interesting because what that means is there it's very it's very much like traditional speedrunning. Every time you go into the game, it's exactly the same. You uh, you do exactly the same things. You just have to do it better. And sometimes you have to think on your feet. And sometimes you come up with a new idea that's a little bit faster or something. And a lot of the game, a lot of the world record has been progressed down because people have come up with newer seeds. Right? They come up with newer ways of getting from A to B, uh, or or not, not 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 coming up with new ways to get from A to B, but bringing A and B closer together actually, right. and then right. playing on that instead. And actually, I, I watched the world record for this today. It's two minutes and 23 seconds long. They beat the, yeah, they, they killed the Ender Dragon in under th- um, um, two and a half minutes. Wow. 
it's crazy and it's it's he just knows where everything is right he and he actually has like a, a pickaxe that he uses exactly a certain number of times and then it breaks and then he like lines up his inventory and everything it's just fascinating so you just practice enough times you know you get good at doing anything and you can beat a game that if you know where all the pieces are you can do it in your sleep you know you can beat the game in the same way every single time and eventually you're going to do it faster than anybody else can um, it's, it's, I mean, it's only two minutes long. You could, you can watch it online. It's actually pretty cool. It's yeah, easy to two, find. Two minutes long is the, that's the kind of speed run I can watch. That's yeah. the kind of speed run I can sit through. That Absolutely. was, uh, I'm actually, that reminds me of the, probably the most recent speed running spectacle that I was involved in or that I actually participated in was the Mr. Krabs does ketamine speed running uh, challenge. Have you seen that? No. Uh, let me see if I can. I think that's the name of the game. It's Mr. Krabs. Uh, oh, yeah. It's Mr. Krabs overdoses on ketamine. Uh, that's the name of the game. Uh, that's the name of the and, game? Yeah. And I don't know. It's a computer game. Uh, but it was some sort of uh, free-to-play game where it's, like, poorly animated. It's not even poorly animated, but it's just, like, it looks like GameCube graphics for SpongeBob, yeah. and every it's very crass. And the game itself is is pretty short, uh, but there is a g exploit in the game where basically you just start and you like do something like wiggle around, and then you teleport essentially to the the end of the game. And people were like using that teleporting exploit. And um, Penguin Zero, what's his what's his more common? Oh, uh, critical, name? critical, yeah, critical. I think broke the record and he was like he broke it by a lot like the exploit is somewhat random and he got a result of it that was so beneficial and he was able to beat the game in like 20 seconds or something like that where he was like no one will ever beat that like I just he had crushed the current record by Dang. a lot to do that and I thought that I, I thought it was kind of cool but I, I was more interested in finding out what Mr. Krabs overdoses on ketamine was and yeah the game itself only takes like 15 minutes to play or something but okay uh but that was ridiculous enough that it even caught my eye and i and i watched somebody do a speed run oh yeah it's definitely catching on as like a as a pastime and, and like there's a there's a big community that revolves around it and it's probably like it's so funny that you brought up the like getting called the n-word um like thing because speed running in as a whole is a, like a, such a wholesome activity and such a wholesome like community uh, compared to the rest of gaming especially mm. um it's the there's the there's these big events every year uh agdq and sgdq which is awesome done, games done quick or just games done quick where it's a big showcase of different speed runs it's not necessarily where world records are beaten it's just showing all the different cool tricks that people have come up with and anytime you watch one of these and you're not familiar with it it's like very hard to understand what's happening but if you've ever played any of the games that they play it's fascinating watching them break them like straight over their knee and understand how everything works and explain how everything works in such an entertaining way um, and those events raise millions of dollars for charity every time they do it. And they do it like twice a year. Um, and at the end of every speed run, basically, they have the people who who did it and like showcase everything. They'll say like, if you want to learn how to do this, we have a Discord, we have a subreddit or something. You can find videos online that I've made explaining how these different tricks work. We want you to come in and play this too. It's, it's not so much like I'm the king, I'm going to be on top. 
like there are st- obviously there's still people that do that and, and maybe that's true for some for some games but for the most part it's v- it's very much like a healthy competition let's work together to find new ways of, of playing this game that we all love which is i think so so such a welcome and un, like unappreciated element of speed running i think it's yeah. very cool no, and I think video games in general are headed in that direction in a, like a more inclusive and mainstream format. Um, yeah. The, I swear when things go back to normal, I'm going to go to a Melee tournament or, oh, or yeah. just a Smash Brothers tournament in person because I've learned so much about that community. And it's it's sports. It's sports. Yeah. It's just exactly sport. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like full of people that like are a little bit more like – shy i guess and more willing to like build up that community in a way you know and, well, and first off yeah it has a shorter history so you can get in not on the ground floor necessarily but closer to the top you know when, yeah. you're, when you're starting out but also it's just more accessible you know you, you don't have to win the genetic lottery necessarily to even qualify to participate you know you can yeah. just buy the game and if you like it play it a lot and then test your skills at the tournament that's actually something that i've i've heard like a lot is it's like go to tournaments and just participate even if you go oh and two just try it just go and have fun and uh i i definitely yeah. want to try that I've, I've definitely been working on my mewtwo in, oh uh, yeah in smash brothers yeah. <laughs> i have not been playing smash brothers at all but i do love watching people play and it would be fun yeah. to like just just go out and try you know and just just to experience it and the- or you know anything even going yeah. to like a speed running thing like just going to that event maybe it's just that i missed going to events but i also yeah. <laughs> think that i've had my mind changed on on kind of the idea of going to something like that or participating yeah. in a community like that right it's, it's become way more normal than it ever was before um and i think that's because people have been more welcoming to it you know i think gaming has had this terrible reputation uh it's very gatekeepy and in some yeah. ways like i mean if you watch any of these speed runs it's almost always a white guy like it's the it is not very diverse as far as uh, communities go but they they are saying the right things and eventually people are going to find them and 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 i think that's going to be a good thing um but at this current story point it's still very much dominated by uh, one demographic but um yeah so what's interesting about about minecraft speedrunning i'm gonna get back to this all right is uh there's a set seed but then there's the random seed and the random seed is a completely different game because it's not the same every time you go in there. Every time you go in there, it's a completely different world. And it's all about improvision. It's all about thinking on your feet. And it's all about reacting quickly. Um, obviously, there are still like techniques and strategies that people implement, like like certain movements or certain crafting recipes or certain ways that they move around or, or do things that uh, lend itself to a quicker run. That's going to be true every single time. But for the most part, every time you go in there, it's going to be something different. But... What this also means is it has the same effect as Critical's uh, ketamine, uh, ketamine run, <laughs> which is that <laughs> it's a it's largely random. It's largely random. It's largely luck based. Once you're at a certain level, it doesn't really matter how good you are. It just matters how many times you've played and how lucky you've got. Because um, it like playing like speedrunning Minecraft random seed is like rolling the dice, and if you get a bad roll, you restart, and then you roll the dice again. And then you hit it, restart, and you roll the dice again, and you restart. And then uh, you get halfway through the game, and then you have to roll a dice again. And then if the roll bad, if the dice is rolled bad, you restart anyway because there's no point in even trying if it if you get bad luck like even 
like largely through it. So a lot of runs will end early because uh, people will just get bad luck, which makes the game frustrating to speed run. And it makes the whole thing very, um, it's, it's brought up this very interesting controversy that has happened recently, actually. Um, do you, I think I've mentioned this guy to you. Do you know Dream? Have you watched any of Dream's videos? He's on TikTok too. People, yeah. people are always, and, and uh, I think you have mentioned him to me, so I recognized when he's mentioned, but I've only consumed his content through TikTok, and it has been people, for ha, like half the time it's people who are like, how did Dream get away with that? And then the other people are like, Dream is a cheater. There's yes. no way he got away with that. <laughs> and it's always, and to be clear, it's always Dream being chased by a horde of other Minecrafters or other people in the game, and they're trying to kill him, but he always finds a way to evade them. Yes, which is what he's famous for. He's 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 kind of come up with this new format, or at least pioneered it to the point where it's it's become his format called Manhunt. He Dream is a speedrunner, and so he understands the game to a very minute level. He's uh, he's held world records in the past, um, and what he will do is he has these very very popular videos where he and his friends will will play Minecraft, and he will try to beat the game before they kill him, which. Like, if you've ever played the game before, it sounds impossible. Like, it sounds like if someone is trying to kill you, they're going to be able to do it pretty easily, uh, especially if you're trying to do something as complicated as go to all these different places, collect all these different things, and get there before they get you, basically. Uh, especially since everything else in the game is trying to kill you as well. But he's done it over and over again. Uh, for, he did it first with one person, then with two. And he did a, couple, a bunch of times with three people. Now he's he's upgraded to four. He just released uh, the latest one, like, later this earlier this week. I highly recommend these videos. They're absolutely entertaining. They are so cool watching him do these things. Abs like my brain feels like it's melting out of his out of my eyeballs every time I watch him do something. It's just so cool and it's so entertaining. He cuts it up into and puts music behind it and everything. And he has all of his friends with him that are on the same voice chat. So they all they're all talking, they're all talking trash to each other and uh, like trying to trick each other about saying where they see each other or whatever. It's just very very cool. And um, the, 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 these videos are extremely popular. I mean, Dream is like twenty mil, like 17 million subscribers. There's vi these videos have, you know, something like 47, 42, 69 million views. Uh, and they will, you know, get boosted to the top of the algorithm every single time they come out because Minecraft is a kid's game and uh, they don't swear or anything. And it's all very, you know, it's all very family friendly. So it's oh, very yeah. consumable. It fits um, the meta for YouTube absolutely. for sure. But it, it, unlike a lot of other things that get popular on this platform, I feel like it absolutely deserves it because he does such a good job making these things. It's entertaining watching someone do something well. Um, he does such a good job. He's very entertaining while he does it. So it's, uh, I absolutely recommend it. Um, but he also is a speedrunner, so he's also trying to run the game as quickly as possible. And recently, uh, the Minecraft speedrunning mod team came out with a statement in a video saying that they were going to remove Dream's speedrun, like most recent speedrun from the speedrun board because they had evidence that he cheated. Um, no. Of course. Oh, my gosh. I, I love your fake shock because I know you already knew this. <laughs> no, no. Okay. But I, I've definitely heard. I've, I've participated in the controversy, or at least uh, I've, I've heard the echoes of it through yes. TikTok. But I always thought it was just people being salty because uh, they just don't think he's that good. Well, that's the thing now, right? And, and and before this whole controversy came out, there was lots of videos that would come out that say, Dream like faked his manhunt thing. Like he, At this point, he cut it or something. And he would always respond to them. If it was a popular enough video, he would come out and say, 
like and he was always very gracious which like you can tell he's watched enough youtube to understand how to be a a smart person like he he's, come out he's and, heard pewdiepie's like apology, apology guys but, yeah, apology yeah. Guys, yeah. <laughs> he's, he says like here well here's why this is not right like he's saying i couldn't have done this but actually i can prove that i, I this is actually how it is and also he's like he's like this guy made a good video like he he's wrong at the, in this moment but I, he, he didn't do anything he didn't do anything bad he was acting in, in what the knowledge he had so like don't go after him or anything like i and in a way he's like promoting these other people and like promoting people being skeptical of him which is all very like in line so it was when he comes out with when this thing comes out and it says dream is cheated it was all is all surrounded with this controversy because he's very well beloved on the platform everyone likes him he's collaborated with lots of like high level youtubers and everything he's very you know he's very well respected for his algorithm surfing um and no one was sure what was true or not so of course you know a week later dreams comes out with his own analysis and he actually hires an astrophysicist to do his own statistical analysis to try to disprove the mod team's conclusions which i actually read some of the paper that the astrophysicist uh came out with and it's like it's very weird. It like the I don't know maybe the person just doesn't speak English uh, that well or maybe it's not their first language, but it just didn't come across as very professional. Mm. Um, and uh, the like the person who authored the analysis is also anonymous. And if you go to the website that Dream went to to hire this person, it's like this weird website that outsources experts for weird like things. It's very hard to tell what it does. Like I try to search like how to hire an astrophysicist to help me with my my speedrunning controversy and I couldn't come up with anything that was related to this. So I don't know how he found this thing, but it was basically like he outsourced an expert who wasn't a statistician, mind you. He's a uh which is the nature of the controversy. He is a uh astrophysicist and he was supposed to have come up with a conclusion that countered these these people's uh, argument. But even his argument wasn't that good. Like his argument was still like that it was very, there's a very good chance that Dream had cheated. And I guess I should explain kind of what, what the controversy is. The thing is like, like I said, the, when you're playing random seed, you have to roll the dice. And if you get a bad roll, you have to start over. What this means is that there's a, there's an element of large number of variants, right? If you play, if you do a certain thing a certain amount of times, eventually you get an outcome that you want. If you roll, if you have a six sided die and you roll it a hundred times, eventually you're going to get sixes that show up because you want sixes to show up, right? You're going to lots of other numbers too, but if you just roll until you get a six, you're going to get a six. It's guaranteed basically. Sure. So the same thing is true in this game when you're speed running it. If you want a certain outcome, you just have to keep playing and keep grinding until you get the outcome you want. Now, what this means is that you have to spend a lot of time doing things that don't matter. And Dream is a very popular content creator and wants to have the clout. So he said, why not let, you know, why not manipulate the RNG in the game so that I don't have to try as many times, basically. So what he did was when he got to the end, we got to a certain point, he, he had manipulated the, uh, the game's mechanics so that he had a better chance of getting a favorable outcome, um, which meant that he would have to try less times to get to, you know, a, a later point. Now, this is interesting because it doesn't actually change the way that you have to play the game necessarily, right? You're still doing all the same tricks. You're still doing all the things, but you have to do it less times. You have to put in less effort, basically, which like, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But basically what this means is this is a statistical problem. The fact that Dream got a certain good roll of the dice uh, a certain number of times 
is something that you can prove in statistics, whether how possible or how like how unlikely it is. And even Dream's astrophysicist found that there was like a one in one billion chance that he would get like this good, mm -hmm. like of odds, basically. And um, there was a couple of other people that are like renowned in the speedrunning community. This guy, one guy named Carl Joust, who does uh, different speedrunning history videos. His are a lot more consumable than something like uh, Summoning Salts, but he he's very good about this, and he's he's very uh, experienced in calling out cheaters, and he. He, after watching the results and reading through Dream's analysis and stuff, he agreed with the mod team that Dream had certainly cheated on this. And like actually Game Theory, who actually collaborated with Dream and was very careful to be to be safe about how they talked about it, also came to the same conclusion. It was like, it's a pretty good chance that he he had cheated. There's another there's another video I saw that did a good breakdown of how the, the math works, which was very complicated, but basically showed how different how they can how statisticians can account for certain biases um, using math and show that again like if you follow the rules that they laid out and did all the things that they said and walk through the math it's very clear that the chances of dream getting this this outcome is very 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 low to the point where it's basically impossible and therefore he cheated dream on his part of course denied it but because he has a reputation to uphold as being someone who does things that are improbable um, but he is but he also said that he was going to stop speedrunning and that he was too frustrated with the way the game was working to keep doing it which mm. i think kind of brings us to the interesting bit of this of this is like in the conclusion that matt pat brings up in his game theory video is is minecraft even a speedrunnable game at this point right set seed is one thing but random seed is so random that it's not going to matter how good you are at the game it's going to matter way more if you get lucky and if you put in enough time, right, and enough effort, then maybe that means that you deserve it. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're a better player, does it? Because it, all it means is that you got luckier than everyone else. It's just the lottery of speedrunning. Yes, it very much is. And in many ways, like, I think the the changes that have been recently made to the game that make it harder to speedrun has improved the gameplay for people like me and people like El Mango who are more technical, um, even if they've changed other mechanics that they... Uh, have been exploiting, but it has been detrimental to set speedrunners, and it has, has made speedrunning the game so much more difficult and so much more frustrating to the point where someone like Dream might cheat. One of the things that Carl Jaus says uh, often is that uh, you may think that someone who is really talented would be less likely to cheat, but actually, in many cases, the opposite is true, and because they will actually have a because of their deep knowledge of the game, they will know how to cheat in interesting and, and like, you know, more undetectable ways. And they will also feel like they're owed something where they feel like, oh, I put in the effort. I've done all of this. Therefore, I deserve it. I can they therefore justify it within their own brains. It's very, it's very interesting. I, th I think that argument was brought up when Tom Brady went through Deflategate. They were yes. like, you're so good. That Why actually would you have to cheat? you're more likely to cheat, Tom yes, Brady. And exactly. you wouldn't cheat in some obvious way that everyone would uh, like recognize. You'd cheat in some really detailed, specific way, like letting a little bit of the air out of the ball, even though, you know, also the, the what is it, Bernoulli's principle or whatever, um, <laughs> dictates that yes. it's cold outside, the air pressure is going to be a little bit lower, but we're going to ignore that and say that, because you deflated, we think you deflated the balls a little bit, and that's why you're better at football. Right. No, but <laughs> it's, it's a it's, a, it's, it. a, it's a compelling argument, though, is that because you're more like you you would think that people that are good at something would be less likely to cheat at it, and and I mean obviously not everyone who's good at something cheats, but 
that doesn't necessarily mean that they're immune from that, right? That temptation right. is right there, especially if you know the game so well. If you yeah. understand something to um, such a minute degree, it's possible and maybe even likely that you would take that extra step. Definitely. And I, I'm being disingenuous with the Tom yeah. Brady thing, but I, I do think it's an interesting point. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe that's the, is that going to hurt the speedrunning community to not have Dream anymore? I don't know. He, I think he may speed run other aspects of the game there because the way that this, the way that the leaderboard is divided up, it depends on which version you're playing. So he may still uh, play other versions and just not the the most recent one, which is the most RNG heavy, the most random heavy. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it certainly hurts his reputation, right? It certainly hurts the idea that he might uh, that that it gives kind of a. Uh, asterisks to him and to the other videos that he puts out where he's doing very improbable and very um you know kind of crazy things where he's like running away from his friends and stuff like how much of that is real how much of that right. is scripted right and obviously i think he recognizes that he's pretty young i think he's younger than i am but he i think he he's smart enough to recognize what kind of detriment that would have to him but i mean the thing is like it, it, the evidence is not there for him and he shouldn't have done that if he was worried about that sort of thing then he shouldn't have gone in that direction well i feel like the the youtube thumbnails and youtube uh titles write themselves with this one like dream speed run turns to nightmare uh -huh. like in cheating there, scandal. Has been a, there has been a surprising lack of dream puns which i find very disappointing <laughs> such a great name to be it known is. as dream He's, that's no. that's a great online moniker yeah absolutely I, uh, no he yeah. lucked out and stuff he's very iconic with his skin and everything too it's very interesting um it's just uh I don't know, it's it's an interesting idea and i love like the kind of drama that this has brought to it and like this is probably the most controversy any speed run has ever like held basically this is probably the most controversial speed run uh since like billy mitchell cheated at donkey kong like this is like this is um crazy like this is working at like the elite levels basically because he's mm -hmm. such he is as popular as pewdiepie to minecraft players i would think like he like everyone has heard of him at this point so it's um it's pretty amazing like seeing him kind of fall from grace and everything and it's interesting to see where his career might go from here well i just think from the speed running community's perspective you know what they say about all publicity right <laughs> yes well it's just which is actually a good point because the the minecraft mod team like they had they had to handle this like you know dream kept talking like oh they're young people like they made an honest mistake like i don't want you to, to kind of degrade them or anything but they stuck to their guns and they put they handled the situation from a pr perspective pretty well right they put out a consumable video to explain why they made their decision they put out a whole paper that was like 19 pages long that explained all of the math and everything you know like for from their perspective like they handled this situation where like we're not going to give any special treatment to anyone very well right and and i think from your from what you just said like any publicity is good publicity from their perspective absolutely because they stuck to their guns and were showed integrity in a time of like of crisis so pretty cool we love the drama we love <laughs> absolutely the drama is great <laughs> i feel like this episode was all about drama all we about the drama reality Total drama to... chat that's what we yeah. should call it <laughs> um well, I, I think I think that's where I want to leave it. I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. So I think so too. Let's do our plug. So if you uh, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
and wherever you listen to us. Make sure you leave us a review because it really does help us grow. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at AffableChat on all three platforms or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel where we upload episodes of our Offscript episodes like this one, right? You can see us right now? If you can see us right now, you're watching us on YouTube. Wow. Uh, Or we uh, we also post other things that are not related to movies, other videos as well. So uh, check that out. It's called Affable Chat on YouTube. Affable Chat is live Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's Eastern time. This thing is called Eastern, the Eastern time zone. (laughs) Yeah, not Eastern hemisphere or some other east. Uh, It's Eastern time zone. The global east. (laughs) And uh, we're live at twitch.tv slash affable chat. Come check us out. And also, if you want to watch our videos on demand, you can find those on twitch.tv slash affable chat all the time. But that's going to do it for this episode of Affable Chat Off Script. For Apple Chat, I'm Ben. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.